Talk about it right here. We're gonna talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We're gonna talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. And welcome to the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that educates and entertains, the podcast where you come to laugh and, of course, learn. I am your host, Tanae, and I'm so excited to be here with you all today. Talkers, I have a treat for you today with a really fabulous, fantastic guest. But before we get into all of that, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Pure Cuts. Located at 801 North Main Street in Mansfield, Texas. When you go to Pure Cuts, you get the full master barber experience. They specialize in men's cuts, women's cuts, kids cuts, edge ups. They do the even little treatment when they put the little hot towel on your face. They do all of that. You can get your braids done. You can get your locks done. So make sure you go to Pure Cuts and mention Tanae Talks. You'll get $5 off your haircut and make sure you tell them that Tanae sent you. Oh, but without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to the um, magnificent guest today i have with me coach jamel welcome coach jamel welcome welcome <laughs> you can't say here. welcome no. <laughs> you're glad to be here yes glad to be here i'm so happy to have you here i want y'all to know that i met coach jamel um through a friend through my store amber hey amber shout out to amber well one of them and amber <laughs> told me about coach jamel because he was hosting these free tennis lesson sessions and i went to a session on one of the hottest days of summer in texas it was literally 175 degrees outside but that didn't stop me from going to my free lesson and coach jamel was so fabulous i am again i am a beginner like literally a novice probably below novice whatever below beginner is that's me but coach jamel was so patient with me and he helped me with my serve and how to receive the ball and all that good stuff um how to hit and pivot and how to hold my feet he did the whole nine so if you're looking for tennis lessons he is the person to go to and we we developed sort of a friendship he's Mm -hmm. my friend now and he can't take it back we're friends forever and uh, he also hosts these really wonderful tennis social gatherings which we'll get into later into the podcast a little background about coach jamel is Coach Jamel is a tennis professional with over 10 years of experience in customer relations and sports coaching. Tennis has been in his life for the past 20 years. That's a long time. A long time. 20, 20 years is real, a real passion. Since 13. Oh, since 13? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. All right. He is also not only a coach, but he is also a player. His certifications include Eagle Scout, CPR First Day, and he is USPTA certified. Certified. What is that? What is United he? States Professional Tennis Association. You better. All right. There was a time when Coach Jamil was a volunteer coach for youth basketball, soccer, and flat football teams, while also being a senior accounting an- analyst. Oh, you got money. Uh-uh. He, uh-uh. he got senior accounting. I, I don't uh-uh. want to tell him. Uh-uh. I don't want to tell the people. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a senior accounting analyst, which means he's a brilliant guy on and off the courts. In 2023, he took a leap of faith and fully invested in being a tennis coach. He got the opportunity to fulfill his purpose when he acquired the full-time role of assistant uh, assistant tennis professional at the country club in in the DFW. 
um, at a country club in the DFW. Shortly after, he made his coaching services available to the DFW community, for those who don't know, that's Dallas-Fort Worth area, with the creation of Madison Ace LLC. With Madison Ace, Coach Jamel creates a fun, safe place for his clients to have a complete ownership over how they want tennis to fit into their lives and into their lifestyle. Ultimately, his goal is to break barriers and stigmas around tennis by making the sport more accessible to people of all walks of life. As Coach Jamel's nanny tells him, this is more than a business, this is his ministry. Uh, as a man of God, he strengthened his life by living in this order. God, self, his son, community, and tennis. Welcome, Coach Jamel. Thank you, thank you. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful bio. Appreciate it. I love it. It's like when they say God, family, football, you're like God, me. Because <laughs> if you're not there for you, you can't be there for anybody mm -hmm. else. So I love that. Your son, community, and tennis, yes. and then you fuse them all together. Mm -hmm. All together. I love it. I can tell you anointed. Why? You got a little preacher voice about you. Not one you're bit. Not, you I'm know not... how some people got the voice? You I got it. I have it. It's on you. Maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> it's in you and on you. But I can tell that you're a man of God. Yes, you know, yes. um, when, when you had your social and I came, you were very um, embracing of all the people that were there. No matter their tennis level, you made everybody feel welcome. You introduced yourself to everybody. I think no one felt left out. It was kind of intimidating. Some people, it was their first time coming. Some people had never, ever participated in tennis, but you just made it such a welcoming environment. And I think that's dope. Yeah, that's how it should always be, uh, especially with my tennis socials. Like I told you, tell a lot of a lot of people, it's about community. I want you to feel safe out here. It's more socializing and everything. We don't have to go to the club. We don't got to go to brunch. We can go on the tennis court and have the same type of environment outside at the networking. So just bringing that type of feel to the tennis court and showing people that it doesn't matter if you played for five years or it's your first day. We're going to make you feel welcome, especially if I'm out there. But if you don't feel welcome, let me know. Then we can, we can pick some, figure some stuff out. I love that. And I love that you're trying to bring alternatives to just because, you know, it seems like after the pandemic, like brunch took an uptick and yeah. that's all people want to do. And that can that can lead to like it can be kind of unhealthy if you're drinking mimosas and heavy food every week. Yeah. But you're like, let's come out here. Let's get um, healthy. Let's get those metabolisms boosted and let's just have fun doing an activity. Yeah, I like some mimosa. You know, one day we'll, we'll get there. We'll do like a little a Sunday. Tennis and mimosa? Tennis, tennis mimosa Sunday brunch, Listen. you know. We're going to have all, we're going to drink our mimosas. And, you know, three, you cut off, then Uber, <laughs> yeah, you keep yeah, playing, yeah. all right? Call the Uber. You yeah, can't yeah. drive you call yourself home. So let's get right into it. Why do you want more people to play the game of tennis? I think tennis done so much for me, uh, being as a, a junior, uh, being, I grew up in a country club uh, style, and just knowing how tennis affected me mm -hmm. as a child, uh, and just letting people know that tennis is pretty much, um, really accessible for all everybody. Uh, I tell a lot of people, my homeboys and people I play basketball with, you can play basketball so long, you can play in the 50s. Yeah. You know, you play football, you probably can only play until your 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, but tennis, you can play. You see people, monks, and all type of things. There's multiple science behind racket sports, pickleball, uh, any type of thing. Uh, you can play to your 60s, 70s, even 80s. We have people out there. And so just trying to let people know that you can play for tennis for a long time, mm -hmm. especially if you're a little kid or I have a lot of people who played in high school and now like their 30s. Say, I never played in 20 years, but you still have that in your memory of how to kind of play and try to bring that stuff out. 
I love that. You you mentioned pickleball. That's my sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I love me some pickleball. And I noticed that in within the DFW, they're kind of getting rid of the tennis courts and replacing them with pickleball courts. And I know that you have an event going on where you're trying to save the tennis courts. Can you touch and expound on that? Yes. Um, somewhat say, but there's a petition going around with some people who've been playing tennis longer than I did and long-term, long-term uh, uh, Dallas people who love tennis and been to a park called Co-Park. They've been doing this probably before I was born playing tennis out there. And so they used to have eight courts that they transferred two courts to pickleball now. Mm-hmm. And so what they want to do is the city want to train two more courts, uh, tennis courts, and train them to pickleball. And we're not saying pickleball is bad. We're not trying to pit us against nobody at all mm-hmm. because everybody, like I said, racket sports is great for everybody. Yeah. Uh, they're just trying to say, can you build the pickleball courts somewhere else? There's so much land at Cole Park you can kind of build and try to have that own space because you don't need so much for pickleball, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you can build a lot of different pretty much courts on the pickleball. Yeah. Um, so... I think that's one of my opportunities this, this Sunday for the community to come out for a signed petition uh, to show DFW or just really the Dallas uh, Rex and say, hey, tennis people are, are here. Yeah. Uh, it might not see it on a, a Friday night. It might more pickleball people than uh, tennis people, but it's trying to let them know that we're here. They're there. Pickleball people, we're, you guys are great too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play pickleball. I love pickleball mm-hmm. myself. Um, but there's no pretty much no avenue for tennis players to kind of advocate for that. I love that. So basically, a city of Dallas, let's share the space. Let's co-share. Yes. Co-share it. On the other side of the on, on the, the other side, let's build <laughs> let's them a whole different things. Yeah. yeah. Build them like 12 courts if you need to. Like <laughs> yes. have them own little space. There's so much money out there mm-hmm. in Dallas. They can they can do it. There's so much space like I said greenery out there that can they can do it. Don't have to take the other existing uh, six courts of tennis and say, okay, let's just train this over and make it a little bit more easier for the pickleball people. Because mm-hmm. pickleball people are saying the same thing. We don't want to. We don't want to take y'all courts. Yeah. We just want them to build more courts of us so it can be more public courts for t- uh, pickleball since it's a, it's a growing sport. Can um, people sign the petition online or do they Yeah, they can to... sign the petition online. Uh, you can sh- look on my uh, my Instagram. Uh, it's in my group me. Um, it's pretty much everywhere. It's just pretty much it says... Um, uh, save pickleball or pretty much something like save the tennis courts, build more pickleball courts. So okay. it's not pinning nobody against nobody. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So sign those petitions if you can. Those who are uh, watching this podcast, make sure you go sign that petition to save the tennis courts and also keep the pickleball courts that they can coexist. Um, what has tennis done for your overall quality of life? Oh, wow. Uh, my overall quality of life, I think tennis is a. Uh, it got you got me so many places that I think I would never kind of take. Um, like I said, tennis is more social than people think it is, mm-hmm. and so just getting to know players, getting to know people, childhood friends through tennis, and kind of leaning towards those people and say, "Hey, you remember we played tennis about this one time?" Mm-hmm. And just knowing that uh, my walk of life is just more about tennis. And um, a lot of times, people know tennis is small mm-hmm. in the realm. Uh, it seems big, but it's really small. It's the tennis community is really small, so everybody know each other. Mm-hmm. And so if you need something, you can always kind of lean on that type of person you played in a match or you play uh, a hitting session with. You know that person. Um, even like for us, uh, when we did this podcast, I knew one of my person, Brooklyn, and like, hey, I play tennis with her. I would never been in contact with Brooklyn if God did not bring me to her lesson or, and say, hey, this is this. I learned that from tennis. Mm-hmm. All these different type of people, all these walk of life I found through tennis. 
I love that. I noticed that, you know, tennis is coming more in the mainstream. There's a TV show. Uh, on Netflix? Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where the, the, uh, the, one of the main characters, she plays tennis. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, tennis is a big thing. And it used to be really big in the black community. At You know, at some point my sister used to play, but it's kind of waned off. But I see that it, it's having an uptick. And I, I would say that you are part of that, just bringing all walks oh. of life and all people into it. But you're also with the African-American com- community making it fun again. And you're making it accessible to them to for them to know that, hey, Hey, come, let's come play this sport. You know, we don't have to stick to the the sports that are you know told that we have to play yeah. all the time, like basketball or football. It's like we can play tennis and get back into baseball and all those things. So I love that. So um, when yeah, to did, that point, mm-hmm. um, the reason why people don't play tennis because we have so many different avenues, especially mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you see a lot of foreign people play tennis mm-hmm. because that's the only outlet they have. Uh, they have tennis and soccer. Yeah. They're pretty much there. Uh, they walk of life. They're not going to play basketball. They might be too short or anything like this. But out here in America, we have so many different avenues, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, all these different types of sports. Um, so when we have tennis at our accessibility uh, for us, we can make it better for people. Mm-hmm. And especially that's one of my goals is uh, I have time people say, well, your price is so low. You're not a good coach or Mm-hmm. I know somebody's charging $100 per hour or $150, I heard, which is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people, you know, me growing up as a junior, my dad paid whatever. I, I did not know. I was going to that country club or he took me to some private lessons and going to this. Uh, I used to call, go to a coach named uh, Coach Snow. Shout out to Coach Snow in Fair Park in the rough neighborhood streetport mm-hmm. because he, my dad wanted me to get that, that hood style mm-hmm. of tennis. Yeah. And so he would... Coach Snow's charged ninety dollars or anything about that, but it was on a concrete. It was not outside the country club, and just understanding what that meant. And so I tell people, I want to make it accessible for people. So that's why my prices are that pretty much sixty bucks. Yeah. I don't know. I can't can't charge myself ninety dollars for a tennis lesson. I'm gonna drop feed you some balls and do this. No, let's do sixty bucks. That's great. If I say hey, you make sixty bucks an hour, what you think? That'd be great money yeah that would be right so <laughs> why would i want to charge you so high price for something and, and that's not making accessible for you and and so when people say you know this guy charged 150 okay well you charge 150 what did you get and why you, you mm-hmm. probably get 150 once a month that's it mm-hmm. here's 60 bucks you can you can range you can move things around still yeah. so still high I still have to make somewhat. I can't make it $25, right. but I have classes for that and bringing those type of avenues for people, having $25 classes for two hours. People don't know. I've been an hour and a half, but I tell them when you come out, it's really two, two hours. hours yeah. I got you. <laughs> it's two hours doing packages for people, letting people know it's, it's everything more accessible for, for them. And I call them my day ones. Shout out to all my day ones out there. Shout they out. know who you are. Um, they know if you love tennis, ain't about the money. That's like right. we do hour and a half, forty dollars. Sometimes I don't even charge them. Say, Mm-mm, you got this one, mm-hmm. because if you enjoy tennis so much, you come in every single week. You're texting me, hey, you got some opening. You're mm-hmm. calling me, hey, I want to get back on the court. These people are in their forties, fifties. Say, hey, I want to get back out here. I want to play every single week. I'm not the ho- I'm not the hold you to that. Yeah, no. I love that. That says you. It's so funny because when you talk to different people. Like you said, they're trying to add the the quality that you provide for tennis to the amount that you charge, as if because you're charging less that your services are less quality. But you're giving them 
quality over quantity of that that extra money and you're like that person charged you 150 but they're not giving you what coach jamel gives you i'm giving you support i'm giving you some good lessons because he he is a really good teacher and he's patient (laughs) (laughs) you're really patient like you're not yelling at people you know some sometimes these coaches in various fields they'll they'll break the the people that that's paying them money and you know telling them that they suck you know trying to do the reverse psychology but you don't do that you you Mm -hmm. meet people where they are as as i mentioned earlier and then you work with them for them if whatever their goal is in tennis if they want to get that backhand better you're going to help with that they want to get better in doubles or you know trick shots or serving better overhand and all of that you do that with them at at a good price and a reasonable reasonable price and i think that that just speaks to your character especially when we're living in a time where inflation is at an all-time high. Oh, yeah. So instead of you being like, well, inflation is out of up the roof, well, let me charge you an astronomical price because then it's like people then have to choose. Do I do this lesson or do I go grab me some gas or some food? And you're just trying to make it accessible. Yeah. I had somebody reach out to me. um, I'm not going to say her name, but she's got out of college, and she said, I would love to keep doing lessons, but I just got out of college. I don't even have a job. And this, I told that girl, don't worry about that. I still want you to come out. We'll work on it. We'll mm-hmm. work on it. And like to your point, um, I tell people all day, I am not a, I'm a coach. I'm not a tennis coach. I could be doing a lot of things. If you, I don't post it nowhere or anything, but I've been doing this 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've been flag football coaching. I was a basketball coach. I was a soccer coach. I was even in the corporate world being a leader yeah. of this. Tennis was just always my love and everything. And so I don't want to be the best coach. I don't want to teach the number one player. I hope God <laughs> give me that one day. But yeah. no, I'm, I don't want to be, I'll, if you want to say that, I can be the worst coach ever. But guess what? I'm your coach. I'm trying to see, I'm looking at you, learning your learning styles, mm-hmm. figuring what you like, what you don't like. How do you react to this, react to that? I can teach somebody tennis in five minutes. You can teach somebody tennis in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with somebody. He's a, He used to be in the NFL. I said, you're a coach, right? He said, yeah. I said, how long will it take you to teach somebody, somebody never played football before, to teach them how to be a linebacker coach? Mm-hmm. He's like, mm, if they really learn on the spot, maybe a year. I said, a year, right? That's a long time. A year, not long. <laughs> if I want to be a coach like that, uh, yeah. I said, what comes behind it? After a year, what happens? Mm-hmm. He said, well, then the other stuff comes. You got to kind of think about that person. And as I said, that's what, what I am. Mm-hmm. I might not have that full 10 years of coaching experience with, with tennis, but I've been a coach for a long time. I've, mm-hmm. This is my purpose is all that. Yeah. And so when people step on the court, I tell them, um, especially juniors, um, you can talk to me. When you come to this lesson, if you're, it's like Chick-fil-A. If your order's wrong, what you going to tell Chick-fil-A? My order's wrong. Mm-hmm. Tennis is the same thing. When you step on this court, feel you have that voice to say, I don't like this, Jarrell. I don't like this. Yeah, you might have to run some laps or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. You can't get over that, but... Um, this is your lesson. You're paying for something. If you're not getting something out, speak on it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you never can be quiet a mouse. Oh, it's my coach. I can't say nothing. No, mm-hmm. we are same here. Yeah. I'm your coach. Yes, I know what you need. You might know what you need, but it's a more of a conversation. So that's why I tell people when they step on my tennis court, it's a conversation. It's not a lesson. It's a conversation how you get better, how I get better, and we're working together. Mm-hmm. We're not working separate. We're working together. Yeah, I might say, do this, do that, yell at you a little bit, but I'm just trying to pull something out of you because I, yeah. I see it. I love that. And I think that when you say you're working with your juniors, I would assume that's the younger players. Younger players, I, I get this inquiry all the time. 
I teach people like two years old to <laughs> 18 year olds and all type of everybody there, beginners. Uh, I have people who played in college sometimes mm-hmm. and want to come kind of get back into the, the spirit of the, of the sport. So I teach them all. I'm not a high performance coach. Yeah. Um, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. But that's who I, I enjoy tennis very much. So, yeah. Yeah. I think when you when you when you say to the younger, your younger students and you're like, tell me when something's wrong, you're empowering them. You may have been the first person in their lives to tell them that. Because I work in education and and students won't speak up. They won't Mm -hmm. advocate for themselves. So when they come across you, you're you're building that muscle in them for them to speak for themselves, advocate for themselves when things aren't aren't right. Or if you're making them do a drill and it's like, well, it hurts me when I do it with this hand. Uh, a person that's not in tune with that person would say, well, keep doing it and keep doing it and end up, you know, spraining their wrist or something like that. So you're a very empowering coach and a very loving uh, Mm -hmm. approach in how you approach it. I love that. So when did you become a coach and and what made you? I know you said you coach multiple sports, but, and you said it's always kind of been a part of you, but what made you tap into that part of yourself? Um, I always volunteer as a pretty much like an Eagle Scout. Uh, my dad worked for the Boy Scouts of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom worked for Red River Bank in Louisiana, but they was always part of the community, uh, always in church, but doing different things for the community and volunteering. So it was, I think it's always distilled in me. Uh, my brother is a coach at North DeSoto in uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. a good, great football coach uh, and a, a head fo- a track coach. And so I felt like that was always there in me. And so when I got the opportunity to do 10 years ago to help with a um, uh, volunteering for a flag football coach, mm-hmm. um, a guy came in. He's one of my best friends now. Name's Coach Mike. Shout out to Coach Mike. Um, he came in. Wanted a, I was working at Sprint. Uh, he came in, started talking. He said, man, you, you want a coach? I was like, nah. I was like, I don't know about that. He was like, I need a coach. I need an assistant volunteer coach. I was like, uh, I don't know about nothing about flag football. He was like, I'll teach you everything. Mm-hmm. I got on the Got on that field, had my cleats and everything. He's like, you don't need no cleats, man. Like this is, <laughs> it's like seven, eight year olds. Right. And it just took off from there. I got my own team, and people start loving me. The kids start loving me, uh, and just start building, building, building. And, you know, they say you if you're good at something, don't do it for free. I had the opportunity okay. to also do a flag football uh, coach at a school in Arizona, a big school there mm-hmm. uh, called Kokopa. And then they said, can you do soccer? I was like. I, sure. I played soccer. But yeah, <laughs> I knew soccer and before the football season started. Oh, yeah. Did that. Did great. Uh, did the football. We went undefeated. Had a great team. Then COVID happened. Then everything kind of went from there. Then tennis was always in the background, you know. I asked my dad when I was playing juniors. Um, I, I was good. I was good with the people with the uh, at the club. Mm-hmm. I knew the pros. And I even started working with them. And they, I was like, maybe I'll become a tennis pro one day. Mm-hmm. I came home and told my dad. He said, man, I don't make no money. He's making like 35000 I was like, <laughs> really? And I just put it back in my head. I said, oh, no, I won't do that. Mm-hmm. Came back around. Then I started asking the right questions. Like, hey, how much y'all making this? Like, I was like, what? Y'all make this? Mm-hmm. Oh, teach some tennis? Oh, sign me up. <laughs> so it, came, it all comes back around when yeah. I just come and say that. So. That's, that's dope. Wow. So you, you, you coached in Arizona. You mentioned mm-hmm. Louisiana. Where else have you coached in this great United States? 
That's it. That's it? Okay, okay. And then now here in the yeah, BMW. Here, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what you said tennis was kind of always there. What made you stick with it? Like, you know, sometimes you might have a childhood hobby or something that you like, and as you grow older, you just step away from it. But this has stuck with you now for decades. What made it stick? Um, I always came back to it. I always came back to it. Yeah, I would take two years off, but I'd come play. Somebody was like, oh, I'm going to hit. Oh, no, I played tennis on Thursday. Let me get back on the court. Mm-hmm. It's always... Um, I enjoyed it very much. You hear a lot of times people play tennis when they were juniors and they won't step on the court at all anymore because they're burnt out. Mm-hmm. I have a game, I have a love for it, still hitting and kind of, I have a love for the court mm-hmm. still there. I hope it never burns off just yet. <laughs> um, but I still have a love for it. And I, I think that's the difference between me and a lot of people. I, I will hit with the worst people. I will hit with the people you might not be good. I'll hit with a two-year-old. It doesn't matter. I, I, I enjoy hitting with people with the tennis ball. In the tennis world, do people, like you said, you'll hit with a not-so-good person. Is there people that are like tennis snobs where they're like, if they're not up to my level, I'm not going to hit with them. Well, now you're about to give me a trouble. <laughs> you don't have Man, to say names. I, I'm just I, saying do people I'm a, I'm act call that one, way. I'm going to call one of my boys. Like, he, he know who he is. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he, I'm going to call him out. You know, he, he, don't, he don't like to hit with nobody below him. So he wouldn't hit with me? No, no. no. <laughs> But I get it. I get it because it'd be... Tell them I feel away. Because you have to pretty much... You're, I'm going to say wasting their time. Mm. What do they benefit from it? I mean, the camaraderie, the fun. It's not It's not fun to them to get no, with a... Uh, like going back and forth. But to your point, yeah. that's what I do hitting sessions for. Mm-hmm. That's why I do 4.0 and advanced hitting sessions. I do beginner hitting sessions. So those people know that that, that hitting session is just for those type of levels mm-hmm. and let them people know. What does love mean? Love, it means zero. Zero means love? Yeah. Then what's after that? 15, 30, 40. That's it? Yeah, in game. Oh, you just need to get 40 points and you win? I mean, not 40 points, but 15, 30, 40, game. So pretty much four points. Oh, okay. It be seeming so intense on the, on the tennis court. It is. Then, like, there's other <laughs> stuff. Like, you got to get the games. You got to get six games for a set. Then if you're playing two out of three sets, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff. Then you get deuce and... I'm, I'm blowing your mind right now. You're blowing, blowing my mind right now because blowing I've mind. seen, I see. Okay, so you put me on the Coco golf because okay. I was, when I came, I was like, I'm about to be Serena. And you was like, no, ma'am, it's Coco now. I said it's Coco. I said Coco. <laughs> it's Coco now. And I watched her winning, like, historic. Open, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, my God, this girl is, is badass. And she was the bomb. And I was like, wow. But it was, it was intense. It was yeah. like, who I have watched Serena, like, back in the day, but I wasn't as, you know, we knew Venice and Serena, but I was, like, really into this match. And it was, like, wow. It was good, huh? It was good. Yeah, it made good. me really get out, want to get out there. It made mm-hmm. me want to come. I think I think I might have to pay for a lesson. I, I think we, uh, we, we need to do that. Okay. Uh, can you share a memorable moment um, that happened in, t- in tennis for you that truly impacted your life? Um, maybe, I think maybe a year and a half ago. I was with my uncle. He's a big tennis coach in the Opelousa, big time name. Um, and he, I came out there and just came to see him, go see my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And he was like, come on the tennis court. I want you to hit one of my players. All right. He's my number one player. Great. And so came out there, my 32-year-old playing a 16-year-old guy, boy. Mm-hmm. And know what? I still got it. All right. Great. <laughs> but me being that, that, that elderly player now and be able to give them tips and say hey look at me I'm still better than you but no I'm like mm-hmm. hey this is what you need to do this is what you need to f- figure out and just like oh okay I still got it but I can still have the ability to say you know mm-hmm. this is what you really need to work on 
That's dope. So you called yourself elderly. Is 32 elderly in tennis world? So. Like, okay, don't be saying that because I'm, I'm a little seasoned. I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, what are some core principles that tennis teaches um, that can be applied to life? Oh, good question. So tennis court, you're always, uh, there's no team. Uh, if you don't play like on a high school team or a junior team tennis, USCA junior team tennis, um, you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when you rely on your, by yourself, there's no one else out there. Um, no one else to blame. Um, a lot of times you can blame your coach, but it's, it's all on you. The coach is not out there hitting the balls or anything, making you not making errors. So it can, it made me feel like um, when I was on that step on that court, I don't have nobody to blame except me. Mm. So if I lose this, it's on me. So independency. Independency. Yes, ma'am. Anything else that it teaches that can be applied to life? Um, hard work, mm -hmm. uh, dedication. Uh, tennis is a all-round season sport. Uh, when I hear, hear a junior say, "Only play tennis in spring," I tell them, "You ain't no tennis player. <laughs> you you got to play all." It's day. a hobby if you're only it's doing a, it. No, you got to play all, <laughs> all the time because if you're not, you're not. You got to get better. If not, somebody else is get, doing out there finding an indoor court or playing the code. I did it in the code all day. I didn't know what indoor course was, mm. and I played. And so, uh, independency, consistency, all types of things. I love that independency, consistency, and um, and it's all on you. All on you. All on you, no matter what. Um, what types of activities are you bringing to the DFW area? Because I just want the people to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm bringing a lot of things to DFW uh, and hopefully surrounding areas. Um, my first, one of my first social was back in probably October. A lot of my socials have been private invites, and so people don't see the the impact or the stuff after it happens. Mm -hmm. And so the like this last one, the client social. Um, it was, I really wanted to, it was a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. And so guys just start putting things in place. Uh, I thank you, Keith Tennis Center, uh, great tennis center, uh, Craig, Craig Cole over there and all their amazing staff and coaches over there. They let me do a social and I said, I'm not coaching. There's most of my clients over there. And it was a Monday, it was cold. So I didn't know how many people was going to show up, but I, I sent out to all my clients and all the people I know and just friends and. 50 people came out and came on to have a good time. And socials are, like I tell people, it's for the music, it's for the vibes, mm -hmm. it's the time. They're all different ones. We play dodgeball this time with red balls. Mm -hmm. The next one might have something different. The next one's going to have something different. So we have different things in the works uh, at different tennis centers and hopefully different areas around Texas, maybe outside of Texas as well, to kind of bring that different form of socials. And so I do hitting sessions. Um, and pretty much my lessons, classes, and I think I'm doing a lot of things like no other coach is doing out there. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's because of time. Um, I have a website. You can go book just like your hair appointment or whatever <laughs> you want. So you can go book your tennis lesson. You can see where I'm at. I'm mobile. You ain't no reason why you should not get a tennis lesson because I'm literally probably right down the street from your park. That's There's it. no reason why y'all should not get a tennis lesson with Coach Jamil. He's everywhere. He was in Mansfield today. I was. Um, he was out in Keats Park. That's like South Dallas. He's over there by Mesquite and Garland. He's, he's, this racket, baby, is traveling. Like, I got all the equipment. <laughs> People stop messing me. Like, yeah, I got your equipment. Don't worry about it. I got the balls, yeah, he, everything. He got the balls. The racket, I got you. Just come. He got the balls, though. And he yeah. got the racket. <laughs> he's going to bring it with you. I got the balls to do this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> God-given talent. 
Yes, but so. yes, I got the somewhat yes because uh, um, when people say you know why are you doing this why are you kind of doing so much for the community and all mm-hmm. this because I don't know I'm, it's my purpose but I mm-hmm. think also is um, tennis is, is love of mine uh, is passion so mm-hmm. I want people just to get tennis all around so it's not stuff coming with me in my head mm-hmm. I have people coming to me and say hey can you do this can you do that and so when you tell me something. Uh, probably 90% sure it's probably going to happen and mm-hmm. I'm going to start manifesting that into that world of trying to get in the schools and helping the schools out. A lot of times when people, when we talked about the school, high schools and middle schools, they have a coach, mm-hmm. uh, but their coach is like a teacher. Yeah, they who's might not, not know. familiar with the sport. They yeah. just might have been assigned this extra duty um, because sometimes it gives them additional income and so yes. They, they might not have the passion for it. They might not go the extra mile to learn the ins and out of the sport. It's just like, go out there because y'all need an adult chaperone, you yes, know, essentially. Yes. And so you you really teach. Yeah, I'm trying to partner up with them and say, hey, let's get some coaches so we can kind of get out there. And they can't they can't, they can't can't charge a player as at all um, for that. So trying to communi- help, help the community out and say, hey, I'm a professional tennis coach. Let me help your team out. Um, let me use your course, whatever. Great. And that's it. And trying to get more distilled because, I mean, the USCA, the DTA, they do an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And so shout out to DTA, USCA, Texas, everybody over there. That's amazing. I love that. Um, Arthur Ashe is the most notable black male tennis player that that I'm aware of. And the Williams sisters are the most notable female tennis players. Who are some tennis players the world needs to know about? Uh, you already said one, Coco, mm-hmm. Tiafo. Um, there's so many other ones that are coming, uh, but I think uh, all American players are coming more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot more people coming um, nowadays. I think even the doubles are. I think uh, maybe uh, the doubles they had all just United States one, mm-hmm. so they're coming. So they're coming. The, yeah, they're all coming. Yeah, they're coming up there. I love that. What changes or improvements would you like to see in the tennis world and the DFW to promote diversity and inclusion? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like I think they could be um, just more acceptance mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, I think my back, my biggest backbone, I know I am a a black coach, mm-hmm. uh, you want to say, but uh, I like to tell people that I'm just not black tennis. I am. I just want to get tennis to everybody. Universal uh, tennis. Universal tennis. If you're Chinese or anything, I have white people. I have everybody. I just want people to play tennis as long as you're willing. Willing to pickleball. Yeah, there's no money in pickleball right now. I'm teaching. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It, it's coming, but <laughs> not right now. But the tennis is my is my lane. So mm-hmm. trying to get more people all the way around and make it more acceptable for everybody. You go to these different places and everything's locked down. You have to go to a country club or you have to go this, you got to go there. There's no no camaraderie around different things. You can. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to find a tennis coach or a tennis uh, community out there if mm-hmm. you're really not looking. Um, so just make it more accessible for people. I love that because I always thought, even when I watched the Serena and Venus movie that was based on their life based on their you know the things that their dad did for them I, I pretty much thought that it was you know a sport for the rich you know because he was able to get them into like the best mm-hmm. tennis and training so I think you are such an anomaly because people are in their minds they think of it as a rich sport 
or an expensive sport. So when you come on the scene and you're like, you know what, I just want to make it affordable. I want to make it universal. I want to make sure everybody can, can touch that green ball and can touch that racket and just have a good time. Mm -hmm. So you're doing it. You're doing it. Um, ideally, if you could train any celebrity in tennis, who would it be? Any celebrity in tennis? Like your ultimate person that you're like, I want to hit with them. I want to train them. I want to coach them up. Um, I just posted it. Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith Lee? Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith and Lee. why Keith Lee? Why? Because I feel like Keith Lee is, um, social media is like, you know, this figure of speech and you see all these influencers and everything like that they have the perfect world mm -hmm. and i think that's the reason why keith lee is so big mm -hmm. and so uh, he's such a blessing to i think everybody for sure um i think he's not from the norm and he i know he gets a lot of backlash like he's not a food tr critic or anything like that mm -hmm. i think that's the amazing thing about him mm -hmm. he's he's fulfilling his a purpose he's just, he's just a regular person mm -hmm. so i feel like keith lee i saw your i saw your uh good old tenant thing i cut it out and so, uh, you might be in a Denver or somewhere on vacation. And I saw your little uh, bouncing serve. That was terrible, Keith Lee. Very terrible. And he wants to correct it. Oh, so. let's correct it. Like, I know you're coming to Dallas. Like, hit me up. I got you. I've been emailing you. I got you. <laughs> so, make Keith sure Lee. you hit him up, Keith Lee. I know you 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 are a food critic, but he's a, a hitting serve critic. And he didn't like his swings. And, and like, we ain't got even posted. I just want to, yeah. He just want to help you yeah, out. I just want to help you out. He just wants to help you out. I thank you so much for joining me on this talk today. I truly enjoyed it. And in true Tanae Talks fashion, I have a segment of my show where we do your shout out. So who would you like to give a shout out today? Oh, good question. So I want to give a shout out to, I call it my, my all my team, um, people behind me. It's always people working. Uh, I can't do this by myself, my social media people. Uh, so I just want to give out to, a shout out to Tatiana. She's my social media, uh, she's my media manager. Uh, and so she couldn't be here today. Uh, thank you uh, to Brooklyn. Uh, she does all my videography, uh, my producing. Uh, shout out to Alexis. She runs most of my other stuff. Uh, shout out to all my family members, uh, all my friends. Uh, shout out to my son. Uh, I thank you all DFW tennis players, everybody who never seen me on before, all DFW, and shout out to uh, everybody. And I can do done this without God, so he's number one, always me second then everybody else is down the line. So shout out to him, number one. Thank you so much. And I want to give a shout out to all those who who enjoy tennis and made me want to love tennis. Number one, first and foremost, Venus and Serena Williams. Without you two girls, I wouldn't even really know about tennis the way I do. You changed the game. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to Serena being a new mom. Shout out to Venus and Serena advocating for the game of tennis who brought up people and I, I have a list of tennis players I want to give a shout out to a notable black male tennis players from the Association of Tennis Professionals uh, Gael Monfils he's a French tennis player uh, Francis Tiafo uh, Felix uh, I don't know shout out to Felix yeah yeah it's yeah. Felix yeah. you got an interesting last name Michael Moe uh, Donald Young, and then notable notable black female tennis players. We got Venus Williams, Serena Williams, Coco Golf, Naomi Osaka, and 
I gotta give a shout out to my soror, Lucy Diggslow. Um, Lucy Diggslow was a pioneer in the game of tennis. She was a tennis champion, winning the national title for American Tennis Association's first tournament in 1917. She was the first African American woman to win a major sports title. So shout out to Lucy Diggslow, uh, uh, Madison Keys, Althea Gibson, and Asha Rose. And that is a close of the Tanae Talks episode, the podcast that educates and entertains, the podcast where you come to laugh and, of course, learn. Thank you, Coach. Thank y'all. See y'all in the court. (laughs)